Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Heart and Hand is delighted to be partnering up once again with NordVPN, the premier VPN service available. You can safely search out what you like anywhere in the world with NordVPN and make sure that your privacy is protected. Go to NordVPN.com for the full range of offers. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I am your host as always and joining me this week to look back over a pretty good weekend for the Bears in their treble chasing ways is first of all Alan Bradley. Hello David, I usually like to come on and have a wee moan but I don't know after this weekend, it's going to be tough today David, yeah? Well not really, with Kevin Clancy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't need to reach that far. So that, and, that lasted about fifteen seconds, and that ah, positivity. Exactly. No, no, but but I know what you mean. No, it's uh, it, it was fun for a change, and hopefully cheered up our resident uh, Tel Aviv resident Andy Barnett. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon. It certainly did. They were actually um, now. Nah, it was great. It's always nice to to get a good result at home, and for once we were able to sit back and relax, David, and then see how it affected them. And uh, they were affected quite badly, which was always nice to see. I'm not one for conspiracies, right? Especially not from that other side of the city. But I accuse, I accuse the SPFL today of making them deliberately play the day after us, knowing <laughs> that we would win unless they played first and lost, in which case we would have drawn. But no, all joking aside, uh, an excellent weekend for Rangers. And I mentioned this yesterday, Alan, that, look, when you change a manager, and not because they leave, you know, a la Gerard, right? When you yeah. change a manager because they're doing as badly as that a couple of months into the season, that's really bad. You know, it takes a lot for a manager to get to intact that quickly into a season. So 
that generally you would think leaves you in a sort of wreckage of a position. And to be honest, the previous couple of seasons, I think it would have. Um, I think we would have been in real serious trouble in terms of a league campaign. Now, we haven't, I don't think, automatically now just become a great side. And I don't think anyone is is saying that. I haven't seen that from a single Rangers fan. Nobody suddenly saying, all our issues are gone. Everything's fixed. My goodness, we're the walking wounded. We've got 24 games to fit in before the new year. Um, We're aware that players have not hit their four. All of these kind of things. But yet, we're still in a good position. You know, with Cup Final coming up, we're still in a good position in the league. Scottish Cup starting in, in January, good draw there. I think there are reasons to be very cautiously optimistic. I th- I think so. And as you say, normally you would think there was a gap when the new manager came in. And because, as you say, for a number of reasons, injuries, the squad he's inherited and blah, 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 the gap would get wider. But I think it's to his credit that obviously it's reducing. In term- and again, just what we're doing at this side... Uh, again, Europe-wise too, David, okay, clearly we want to ultimately get into the Europa League here on Thursday, but even the fact that he's, he's got us at least into the conference as well, and as you say, at the weekend as well, we've got a, a League Cup final uh, to look forward to, so uh, no, absolutely, I mean, I'm, with the exception of the wee disappointment of what happened to Petodre and then obviously the kind of, you know, the Aris sort of game as well, you really couldn't have asked for, for much better, and also... The way the team now, David, there is a far better work ethic amongst them. Even with the kind of limited resources we've got, the sort of fight, we're looking a lot fitter, we're looking a lot sharper at the end of the games and so on. So I'm really sorry to be Mr. Happy Clappy, but and I'm not going to get too high and too low, but I think a lot of credit to, you know, the manager since he's come in, David, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's given himself a fighting chance, Andy. And, and no more than that, uh, I think we'd agree. But that's not a bad outcome because, you know, let's just rewind the clock two months. We were a f- in shambles and that was not an easy situation to walk into. Now, I think there was always a suspicion. I think one of the reasons we were so disappointed after the old firm game is there is this suspicion that this is not as strong um, a Celtic side as... Previously, and I, th- I think that's fair. I don't think that's us being blue tinted spectacles on, but of course, it means bugger all if you don't take advantage of that. No, I think one thing uh, Alan mentioned there about expectation this is the first time for a, a few years, I think, since really since uh, Pedro arrived, that there's a cautious optimism about a new manager. I think given where we'd been in the last uh, two managerial appointments since Gerard with uh, Gio and then, of course, with Beal, we had this really false sense of security, as it turned out to be, because and, and we'd been stung. And I think because we were stung, I think our expectations for Clement when he came in was see if he can just steady the ship a little bit, uh, try to get the players back fit and playing well. Um, if he closes the gap, great, but... We, we, we're not going to expect too much. And I think that's helped, I think, as, as, as a, a fan group, I actually appreciate. Because like you said at the very start, nobody has all of a sudden gone, yeah, we're brilliant, it's all back to normal. It isn't. We've still got so much more that we can do. And the fact that they're not as good as they have been in previous seasons, I think is it could have easily, have, have I think, blinded us to our own troubles and it hasn't we know that we've got a lot of work to do and I think the fact the manager's able to get this team back to playing well he has steadied the ship 
He's clawed the gap back a little bit. He's got us to a cup final, and we're one game away from uh, if we win qualifying for the the Europa League last. Uh, what will be the last sixteen if we win? So, I think the the results so far have proven that we are certainly on the the right trend. But they're they're beatable, and it's just a shame really that we started the season so poorly because we we gave them that seven point gap. I think most of us would have said it was insurmountable. But it's clearly not. And if we can keep doing the right things um, and try and do well in the next month, you know, we, we could really actually be top of the league this time in January. So fingers crossed we will. But even just getting close and getting back into a title race, I think, is a is a huge result. And I think if we can hang in there, David, we might just have a really good second half of the season if we can, if we can nail down the January window and get those players back fit. Yeah, and, and because of the, the, the type of situation, which is a recovery situation, that's what happens when you have to sack a manager and bring someone in. It's a recovery situation. Um, it is one game at a time because the mood can change. You know, two wins this week, we're flying, two defeats, we're all, you know, under the, the bed sheets. It, 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 that's the situation we're in. It's game by game at the moment. But I think, you know, the manager and the players have spoken about that. There's a realisation of that. And it's not an easy time of it. And we'll, we'll go and we'll look at, at Saturday's match. First of all, um, taking on Dundee um, at Ibrox, a Saturday three o'clock kickoff, which was nice for a wee change. And uh, not the, the greatest of starts. Uh, I, I think you're always a bit annoyed as a fan of a club like ours who expect to dominate a game like this in Dundee, where Dundee had a, a sitter, right? an absolute sitter. Uh, the XG for the chance was 0.8, which is, or 0.8 rather, which is, you know, you should score, basically. That's, that's as close to uh, a guarantee. It takes a wonder save from Jack Butland, an absolute wonder save. And that's kind of acts as a warning, but from the set piece, we concede, um, which is incredibly frustrating. What I will say, Alan, is the reaction was excellent. Rangers, you know, immediately got back on the front foot and rattled in three goals, were playing good stuff, almost added a fourth um, just before half time. we hit the post and some great play. We should have added a fourth, which we'll come to in a second, but the reaction was excellent. After the match, I said to Philippe Clement in the press conference that I'm, I've got a concern, or does he have a concern? But Because I do, that, that Rangers start the game slowly, and he said, well, no, I don't think you can say that because we, um, we've only conceded um, a couple of goals, and, and he has a point there, but my point wasn't that we have a bad defence. I don't think we do. I mean, we have an excellent goalkeeper. My point is that we've conceded first in three of the last five games, all in the first half, and it, I know that this side has had an issue with it for really two seasons, and it just gives you a lot to do otherwise. And I do feel that it, it takes us quite regularly a wee while to play into a match. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting and the way you had asked and he responded uh, and he said, oh no, we had two chances early on but I think the bottom line was look, within a small number of minutes basically we were 1-0 down. Uh, no, you're right and, and I think when, I was on with Extra with Cami at the end of last week as well and that's what I was saying. Now previously in the good old days, Davey, whether it be 9 or or whenever when we were dominating games as you say at Ibrox, we would lose one and then the fans would go oh shit, we better actually kind of watch and get on with it. The team wouldn't panic and we'd get right back into it and away we would go. It's not quite like that just now, but it was noticeable on Saturday that we went, oh shit, here we go again. But there wasn't the same kind of angst coming out. The players just kept on going on. We had 
umpteen different chances. You should see, obviously, we get the goal and I get a couple after it. But there is, there does seem to be this, I don't know, there's more of a kind of belief now and there's not a panic. And we do seem to be getting joined up again between the fans and the players, David. So, uh, second half as well, obviously, you'll get into it too. But again, when you think about it, we're going, oh my goodness, back down, down to 10 men. Second half again, Rangers totally dominated things. So, definitely, it's definitely looking better. But again, we're not going to go kind of daft at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I've been here before. Um, yeah. Andy, the 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 Jack Butler point, I don't want to, to, to just gloss by it because, you know, in the end up, it's a comfortable victory. But that save is absolutely incredible. I mean, to get down and get it and push it round the post, not back into play, it, it's just an absolutely tremendous stop. I, I, I read a stat um, that was provided uh, that, that last season... Rangers XG was nine point something, and this season it's nine, XG against rather, and this time it's nine point something. This year we've only conceded eight, so we're overperforming. Last year we conceded dub, more than double that, so we were radically underperforming. Um, last season Rangers save percentage at this time uh, was sixty one percent of shots faced were saved. Uh, and I believe Alan McGregor ended the season with 59%. This season, Jack Butlins is 81 So it doesn't take a genius to work out why the improvement has come. It's come because the goalkeeper makes saves. Not only saves he should, but saves an average goalkeeper wouldn't. But also it meant that last season we were conceding when we shouldn't concede. Um, so to go from you know conceding goals you shouldn't to actually not concede ones you probably should, that is going to lead to a huge increase. And defensively, the manager is correct. We, you know, we are pretty solid. It's not defence that often costs. Sometimes it's a lack of creativity. I think, and you know, we've we've touched long and, and regular enough on the show about this. But I do want to highlight Jack Butler and what a massive, massive difference he has made. I think it's, it was really only the Aberdeen at home game where we conceded a lot of goals, and that was. You know, a lot of different circumstances. Beale's last game, the team was so, so, so shit out of form back then. Aside from that, the defence has been okay. Uh, there's been some some terrible defensive lapses that have led to goals. We know that. But Butland is, I mean, the quality of the saves he's making in just about every game. I, I want to say that I, I don't want us to have to rely on him, but the fact that we do um, and he's able to stand up to that reliance is, is very important. It must give the defenders in front of them a lot of confidence. I just want the, don't want them to have to depend too often on that, especially in games at home against the likes of Dundee and St Mirren. We shouldn't be relying on Butland too often. But in those kind of games, we know that we'll have the majority of the ball. And when the opposition do get a chance, he has to be alert. That's one thing that McGregor was good at and other goalkeepers before him. And I think we're, we're very, very lucky to have a, a keeper of, of such high quality as Jack Butlin. It's, um, it's, the defence has looked ropey, I felt, at times. Still, I'm still not 100% convinced. I still think we need to do quite a bit of surgery on it long term, David. Um, but getting the goalkeeper fixed was always going to be a big challenge. Last year, we didn't have that confidence at all. I think we've got a good second choice as well. And obviously having somebody who's, let's face it, he's an England international. 
that's that, that's just it's great for the club and, and as I've said before I think on the show that Beal's best signing uh, has been without a shadow of a doubt the goalkeeper so yeah long may it continue but let's just hope he doesn't have to make too many saves in games where we really should be spending more time in the opposition's box rather than our own yeah, what I like about him is he does have that Rangers goalkeeper quality of he might only have two things to do in a game, but he does them. Yeah, um, exactly. And that, that ain't easy. You know, that is not easy uh, to, to do that. But he's he's very, very good at that. And uh, yeah, he's been he's just been absolutely terrific. And, you know, nobody's knocking Alan McGregor. I mean, he's a Rangers legend, Hall of Famer, deservedly so, one of the greatest goalkeepers I've ever seen. But he'd just gone on a bit too long in it. It happens to all sports people eventually. Um, and I think that was more a reflection on us not forward planning. But as you say, it's an area that I think we have improved upon. Now, uh, yeah. on the defence, I thought the defence, Al, in the first half was ropey. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and I think a big part of that is that we'd rested Connor Goldson, who you know very rarely does get rested. Uh, he picks up criticism at time, Goldson, but you see the difference when he isn't there. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think the other problem we've got as well, David, about the kind of conceding goals early as well, uh, to the fact that we've changed. So you've suddenly got kind of two different, you know, a kind of different combination in the middle as well. But you're absolutely right. I mean, when you've got Connor Golson playing, you know, really to his kind of optimum between him and obviously Jack Butland right away, you've got that kind of spine, you know, kind of forming, haven't you? So... Uh, no, and I, I think it was right though for the the manager to give him a rest, as he said. We've obviously got the big game on Thursday. We've got the cup game and so on. So, and to be honest, you're not being disrespectful, but Dundee at home, he should be able to do that, David, and it allows other people to kind of come into the side and so on. But I, for me anyway, definitely first choice. You know, if we have to, it has to be Conor Golson, yeah. Yeah, well, the manager said after the game that uh, you can you can pencil him in for the game on Thursday. The, the, uh, say, I think the other thing I was going to say too, sorry, going back to the Jack Butland one as well, it's not just those kind of great saves that he pulls off, as you say, or like the Gorham one, nothing's happened. 70-odd minutes, a guy's through, and he saves it. What's great now, David, is how long ago was it since we actually saw a Rangers goalkeeper when a ball comes into the box? Just doing that whole keeper grabbing the thing and it just relaxes everyone, does it? Gives you more confidence, yeah. Defence too, yeah, absolutely. And that is a part, I mean, obviously, if the ball's pinging about your box, Mm -hmm. there's more chance of a mistake. You know, if you're defending for a minute, you know, more than you would be if the goalie just comes and takes it. He just comes and takes it, end of of attack. Um, And it happened a lot at Tynecastle Hearts, quite rightly getting the ball into the box towards the end, trying to, you know, win a second ball, hope for it to fall kindly. Uh, and and it was happening to us a lot uh, because the defence were having to deal with, with those. Now, goalie comes, takes it, ends attack. Screams keeper, grabs the ball and we all go. Now we're relaxed. talking. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge for us. The much maligned Cyril Dessers and he drags us back into this game and he did um, with an excellent goal just about his persistence really uh, in the box where he just kept going his first shot was charged down, he went got the ball back, spun, got another shot not the prettiest goal you'll ever see in your life but it was an important one Very much so, to get the equaliser I think so quickly as well after going down early, that's another thing that the longer that goes on, the more frustrated the crowd get. We equalised very, very quickly in the game. And I think as soon as we got that equaliser, I don't know about you guys in the stadium, but for me at home, I felt, yeah, we'll have no problems today now. Whereas at 1-0, I ever have to think, oh, this is just going to be a slog that we really didn't need in front of a big week. Just an easy, comfortable routine 2-0 home would have been fine. But the fact is that we had to work a bit harder. Got that 
that equaliser straight away. And he's done very, very well. I actually thought he had an OK game. Like I said to you on uh, WhatsApp, I felt this is probably about as good as we can get for, at the moment from Dessers. Maybe he's got another level to go. I haven't seen it, but he scored seven goals now, and that's not too bad. He's, he is, you know, one every two and a half games, I think, something like that. And given the fact that he isn't the first choice and he is maligned, we can only ask for him to give absolutely everything that he has. And I think we got close to that at the weekend. He took his goal well. I, I listen, it deflected and it wasn't the most aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing goal. But nonetheless, it's a tremendous finish. And I thought his all-round game was was reasonable and um, you know sort of six out of ten performance for him, which in a day like that is is acceptable. I just hope he kicks on because we need him. <laughs> Without Danilo, he is the, the main man really up front. We can't trust Roof. Lammers has not shown anything at all, uh, and so he's he's the man. So if, if he can cons- sort of consistently score and bring other players into play, give an all-round performance like that in most of the games, we might just be able to squeeze something out of him. But I was certainly happy for him to get on the goal on the goal sheet, and uh, the more he does, his confidence will grow. And I think as well, David, the confidence of his teammates will grow. If they see that if he gets chances, he'll take them, then they'll be more inclined, hopefully, to lay on for him and uh, and feel confident that he'll score. So it was big for him and, and massive for the team. I feel I could copy and paste this section in, Alan, from previous podcasts. We can just take the lead through a, a James Tavernier penalty. It's not awarded by the ref, but it is awarded <laughs> by VAR. It's a corner kick. And to be honest, I was screaming for it. I thought it was a stonewaller at the time. Um, quite clearly, Abdallah Seema's making his move to the ball. Quite clearly, the defender hauls back his jersey. You see the way that he falls. The, you know, Unless he's a, a, some sort of stuntman with a cable behind him, um, it's it's very difficult to fall like that. He's, he's clearly being pulled. Uh, the, the ref goes and looks at it and awards a penalty. Um, again, after the match, the Dundee manager, uh, Tony Doherty, was complaining about it. Um, Jeez, interest, yeah. yeah, interesting that... If you know Naismith was the same, if you know the complaints when Rangers get these penalties, it's a nice deflection tactic, an easy deflection tactic. They generally pussyfoot around whether it was a penalty, right? Whether or not it was a penalty. They might even say, well, you know, if you look at it, it is a penalty. But they are, they talk about everything around it, such as, well, you know, the ref hasn't given it. Um, we're re-refereeing games. That's something Doherty said. Didn't didn't mention that about the, the red card. But anyway, um, uh, he said, you know, the referee's looking at that. Now, referees will all tell you there's too much going on in a, a court. You can't see everything. You you can't. It's one of the things VAR is there to look at. And uh, here's, yeah, again, I, I just go back to it. It's all about creating noise about Rangers. It's not that no. it's not a penalty. It's Rangers shouldn't get that, right? Because they get, they get a lot of it. Here's a really simple solution we've mentioned before, but it doesn't seem to be dropping in. Don't pull somebody's bloody ju- uh, jersey in the box. jersey yeah. off their back in the box. There you go. Right? I mean, um, it, it, to me, it seems fairly straightforward. When you know that there are cameras pointed right at it and that the ref is going to, oh, sorry, it. the VAR ref is going to look at every corner, if you're hauling somebody's shirt off their back, so much so that there's about a foot between your hand and the boy uh, and you've got his jersey, there's a fair old chance it's going to be a penalty kick because it's a fucking penalty kick. What the manager should be doing, and you're just, I think you're just above me in the enclosure, you know, where you, you know, uh, over in the main stand. So you see it, I see it from where we are, David, and you right away. And as you say, 
the manager, if anything, should be putting the guy's backside. They should actually honestly just be saying whether I agree or don't agree with it. Everybody knows now if a defender pulls a guy, holds onto the jersey and it comes in, it's going to be a penalty. End of all, but he's back. You know, as you say, the amount of times they do it, you're saying about cut and paste. You've probably got files as well, David, where you could link on to umpteen different I don't know, kind of highlights things on BBC or whatever, given it the old... Well, I know he kind of pulled the jersey, but he didn't really kind of pull him. It's just ridiculous. And as you say, they always then link it to, oh, well, it's Rangers, it's penalty for Rangers. Yeah, another right. record that, on there. Yeah. It's all about creating that noise of, like, well, maybe it was a penalty, but they shouldn't get it because they get a lot of penalties. We get a lot of penalties because defenders pull up, uh, a lot of our forwards after they've lost them in the box at set pieces. I mean, technically, uh, someone smashed the window, David went in and took a few watches. And I know that really that's kind of a crime, but should we really be kind of chat? Yeah, it's should, just should we? Daft. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's, it's a silly non defence <laughs> of it, I think. I know. And, and Seema shows a few, a few minutes later exactly why the guy was holding his shirt when he bulleted one in so that you know this is this is the thing i know we're maybe jumping ahead but players have been doing this for a long long time this shirt pulling stuff they're told for a few years now to it's to be stamped out that a penalty will be awarded i don't know what what more they want what players and managers want than than that directive saying listen if you pull a shirt it's a penalty that's it so don't just don't do it it. i I just i find it very frustrating because you know personally as a football fan when i watch games especially you know not involving us uh i hate it i, I think it's just lazy cheap defending um david if goldson had done it for us you know if he was playing for us and pulled somebody's i would have been absolutely raging at him i wouldn't have been going oh well there's x got a penalty oh there's celtic have got that the bottom line is as you say everybody blinking knows the rules don't they yeah just, just don't do it, and I, I think it's lazy, and I think it's a cop out from managers. But again, it's easy to use that as a deflection technique yeah, and change yeah, the change the discussion the point. Swirl, yeah. yeah, yeah, basically just to to, to completely change it. Um, it is three one, as Andy mentioned a few moments later. A, a superb goal, um, corner yeah, kick yeah. delivered, and up uh, went Abdallah Sima, who is on fire right now, Andy. It was fantastic. I said the, the goal reminded me of golf uh, the other end in 96. That kind of looping header almost but with such pace and power high into the net. It really was beautiful. And it just shows that's exactly why the, the, the defender couldn't cope with him before because he knows that Seema's good in the air. He times his runs, he times his jumps and he's a, he's a good header of the ball. I'm really happy with, with what Seema's been able to give uh, to the team so far. He's joint top scorer alongside uh, Tav um, and it's just great to have a forward being able to contribute with all types of goals running on to through balls as he did midweek good first time finishes headers uh, and he's been on the end of uh, sort of cross balls as well at the back post so he's, he's he's doing a lot for us and he's not out and out you know he's sort of playing more on the on the wide positions and just timing his runs he's a useful weapon for us i, I hope and I don't know what the update is, but I certainly hope that he's he's fit and that head not later didn't uh, do any damage. That means that he's ruled out of the two upcoming matches because we really, really are going to need him. Yeah, we most certainly are. And I think you, you noticed that when he did go down the stadium going, oh, um, not, not that we've you know not had our troubles to seek with injuries regardless. But uh, so Rangers 3-1 up. And I genuinely believe at that point we're playing some really good stuff. As I say, there's a passage of play that brought Ibrox to its feet. Um, for a round of applause, which is always a sign of fans enjoying what they're watching. Could have been 4-1 just before that. Uh, 
a brilliant goal by Todd Campwell. The manager said afterwards, for me, we scored four goals. Uh, and he criticised Kevin Clancy on this one, Alan, for blowing up. Firstly, it's not a foul, right? It's it's one of these Clancy fouls where he just sees <laughs> something, invents yeah. something. It's not a foul. Um, basically, a Dundee player has slid in for the ball, hasn't won it, um, goes you know goes down to try and fool the ref into giving something, and the ref just blows automatically. Uh, Rangers break with the ball, you are supposed to see what happens. We do have Val there for this very reason, to go and check it. He would have seen it wasn't a foul. Mm-hmm. Todd Cantwell scores a beauty, and instead it's ruled out. Um, he is just an atrocious referee. This was this was brought to form. I'm not even going to go at the red card, by the way, because I can see why it was given. I'm talking more about the, you know, this is bad. And then the second half, Cyril Dessers turns a boy, boy holds his shirt back, a free kick and a booking, but he doesn't get booked. Seconds later, Borna Barisic does the same thing and gets booked. Now, Borna Barisic is as a booking. I have no complaints whatsoever about Borna Barisic getting that booking. I bet you he doesn't because he knows exactly what he's doing. You see it every I saw it in a game yesterday um, where the defender gets done for pace uh, in the Newcastle Tottenham game and he goes, right, I'm going to haul him back here because it'll be a yellow here. It's, he's not right through yet. Barisic does that to avoid the counter and takes the yellow. It's the fact that the exact same foul has happened a few seconds before and hasn't been given. It's stuff like that. Yeah, I think at the game I remember the Barisic one and right away I was going stupid because it, I mean, it was in their half as well. You're right, David, but right away you go, that's a booking. But as you say, the fact is it's the, the fact that it's not consistent, honestly, as long as they're doing it, you know, kind of fairly between the two of them, ain't got a problem, but there's so many different cases, you know, as you say, where, okay, Rangers player gets booked, suddenly the other one doesn't, and it's the exact same things. And you're right, I watched the one in the English game, and right away the pundit said, yeah, yeah, kind of had to do that, because if not, the boy was away. Yeah, We, we all know it, everyone knows it, don't they? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the Dundee player doing it, by the no, way, because he's no. been turned and he's just about to be left behind. So he books, he, he, he hauls him, it's a booking. And it's it's shit like that, when you watch something, you say, you cannot make those two decisions, Andy. You can, you can make, you, they're either both bookings or they're not bookings, and they are both bookings, but you can't say, I'm going to let that one go and book that. That's why fans think, right, you're at it. Yeah, it was it was pathetic, and he did that a lot. The second half, Clancy allowed. I thought some well, sort of typical uh, Tony Doxy team type of of challenges to take place. I thought Dundee, well, they were not bad going forward. They were a very physical team. The amount of times they booted Seema McCausland, our forward players, and would seem to get away with it. I think that was it, Ricky Lamb, whatever it is, the the guy at the back, three, four, five times. He got away with it before a yellow card and it just sort of sets the tone. And it, we've said it so many times, like how often do referees not do something like that and we end up with an injury because players know they can get away with it. They know they can have a free dig or even two or three digs before they'll get a yellow card. Uh, but the consistency thing is, is un, just is unforgivable. Like you, you cannot do that. You can't see if it's almost identical to allow one to go uh, unpunished and the other one to be booked. Uh, you're 100% right. You either book them both or you let them both go. Uh, but um, the, the more the game went on, I, I got the impression Clancy was enjoying trying to frustrate everybody in the stadium. The, uh, you know, the players, the fans, and uh, of course, Clement ended up getting frustrated as well on the touchline. He's just one of those guys, uh, for whatever reason, he just either enjoys being the centre of attention or just to piss us all off. But it was very frustrating to watch. I think he's just a terrible referee and he knows it. 
it and I think that he starts guessing in games mm-hmm. and there's never yeah. any sanction for bad referees in Scotland. There never is. They're allowed just to, to you know, he used to have been out the game a couple of years ago because he's very bad um, yeah. and, and it really is that simple. But he's just an atrocious referee and his decision-making is scandalous. Like I say, the Cantwell goal one is, is ludicrous. It's not a foul anyway, so it's a mistake. No. But, you know, it's compounded by the fact that you see the break, you let it go, and then, by the way, you blow and the goal gets checked and, you can, you know, a decision can be made for there. But it, it was just awful. Rangers do, you know, sit in a bit more second-half, countered, did well, had a couple of chances, actually, should have scored. Very unlucky we won from Dujon Sterling, who who came on and played centre midfield, and he may have to because Rangers are beyond the bare-bones situation uh, with this, Alan. Now, the red card for Sifuentes, I must admit, I didn't see much in it at the time. Having seen it back, I can understand why it was given. Um, Rangers have appealed it. Listeners might know the outcome of this because it'll be held on the Tuesday by the time they come to listen to this. So we don't, obviously, at the time of recording. Um, I don't blame Rangers for appealing it. Uh, a few people are saying, can we know I left it to you know Friday afternoon and appeal then and have them for the cup final? No, you can't do no. that anymore because every team did this. Right? And uh, <laughs> yeah. they took advantage of that loophole. So they've changed it now that you need to appeal within a set amount of time and it's held very quickly, fast-tracked, as they say. Um, so we'll see if he gets it. The argument, I think you could say, is was was there enough force? Was it endangering the player? I think he's but totally accidentally does, um, you know, the, the, the stud scrape down the boy's leg. Uh, you could argue that there wasn't enough force for it to be considered a reckless challenge that, or, or a dangerous challenge. Rangers might say it was uh, just merely kind of unfortunate. Uh, I think there is something in it. But, you know, I... I have seen no. them given, to put it that way. It's one of the ones that, put it this way, if it happened to a Dundee player, I don't think I'd be sitting here going, that's a shocker. No, you're right. And I don't game, like the rule, by the way. I don't like the rule. I think that a bit of common sense should be used, but it is the rule. Yeah, I would agree with you as well, David. I, I was the same. I didn't really see anything that carry on toward. And then when it suddenly becomes a, well, it's a book and fine, I've looked at it from different angles. There was one where, as you say, you look at it and you think, oh my goodness, and then you get that daft, was there intent, wasn't there? It doesn't really matter. So I think we we just need to wait and see how it is. I'm no optimistic, you know, about it. Hopefully we will. If we don't, you mentioned about, uh, you know, Dijon Sterling as well. To be honest, with you, even what I saw in Tynecastle when he came on surprised me the beginning. I thought it was a couple of nice things there. Again, I don't know. To be honest with you, he could maybe do a job, David, uh, on the... Uh, you know, in the midfield, because I think obviously come the the final as well, Aberdeen, you know what it's like, are going to be really physical, likes of shinny and so on, they're going to be battering in. I think we need a bit of physicality as well within there. You don't know. I mean, okay, they might end up with Leon King or whatever in, but to be honest with you, what I've seen between obviously even the Tynecastle and just the wee bit on Saturday, I think the boy Sterling doesn't he look too bad in terms of, you know, giving us a, a bit of pace, a bit of strength and so on and we might end up doing that, David. Yeah, we might need to, Andy. Yeah, listen for me. Just for the record, I, I thought it was a red card. I wouldn't say it was a st- the stonewalliest of stonewall ones, but I would be claiming it if it was the other way around and I agree with you, I think it's a poor rule, 10-15 years ago it's barely a booking and before that you might have just got on with it but for me it was a red, I thought it was a bit a bit careless and it's just a shame because I thought in the last couple of games Fuentes had actually started to improve a bit and we were starting to see something for him so it's left us bare bones, as for Sterling I thought he did really well when he came on 
Um, it was a love that lovely chance you spoke about. It would have been an absolute fantastic goal had it just been a little bit to the left of that post, but um, not to be. Yeah, I, I don't know what the alternative options are. Bailey Rice, too young. King, I, I don't know if he's if he's ready for that kind of position. Sterling seems to have physicality, fitness. Um, seems to know his way about the the pitch in that position as well. Whoever it is, John Lundstrom's going to have to marshal him through the game, both midweek and at the weekend. Uh, so, and I, I would also expect to see maybe Cantwell dropping in a little bit deeper to, to kind of support that. But then what that does is it takes a, a little bit of the creativity out of going forward. Yeah, it's a it's a situation we don't want to be in. So many midfielders out, and um, but I, I think that's the that's the best option for uh, for midweek. Sterling is in the in the European squad, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, so yeah, so I, I can't see any other option uh, other than than him starting alongside uh, Lundstrom. But thankfully, Lundstrom has been playing well, so whoever fits in will hopefully be able to be marshaled around and uh, hopefully put in a good shift. But I, if, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm the not manager, worried. Sorry, Andy, if the manager gets this one right, because for the past what two months now, every time he said a wee, okay, here's the quiz, how are you going to solve it? And more often than not, he has. So if you can yeah. come up with something in terms of this one as well, if it goes that way, it would be amazing, wouldn't it, if it's like just bring him in? Because apart from bringing two guy in, sweeper, do you know what I mean? Which probably yeah. can't do now. But I well, think there, he's, well, he's done really well at this problem-solving stuff, yeah. Well, I, I wondered if there, was a, if there was a chance he would go three at the back, maybe, but um, like to bring in Suter to play mm. at the back. Still leaves the... you... Yeah, he's still left short in the middle of the park. Though it, it, yeah. we need a yeah, body. Yeah, we need something in front even, of them. Yeah, yeah. Even if we go away a three, I think you'd still have the two in there. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be tough. Well, yeah, I bet it's only Drew at home at the weekend. I mean, they've only played in if they were they, no? Well, that's the that you know I'm giving with one hand there. The only Drew I'm taking with the other. It was against Real Madrid. Um, they're a very good side. Look, we know this. Um, a record in Spain's. Piss poor Andy, you're a stats guy, you'll know this. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be incredibly tough, to be honest. Yeah, listen, we might have to hope for a favour uh, from the Cypriots because, of course, Sparta need to win. We can technically, I think, go through even with a defeat, if I'm not mistaken. So, But I, obviously, I don't want that to happen. Um, it's going to be hard. We've never won against a Spanish team in Spain. It's, uh, it's not going to be easy. It never is for, for one reason or another. But I think maybe the, a bit of relaxation and that the players know that they can go out and play with, as Alan mentioned at the start, that we have got the security blanket of the Conference League after January, and that is guaranteed. So it's not the end of the world. And if I had to pick one game this week to win, I would pick the cup final, if, if, if I'm being very honest. With that said, you know we've we were the number one seed in this group. So we should be qualifying from it. You know, there's no real excuse not to, and it's but it won't be the game on Thursday. The result on Thursday that uh, has let us down if we don't get through. It'll have been the, the back to back against the uh, Aris, uh, and I think we might rue that and look look back on what happened in those two fixtures because we should not have been getting one point out of six. And if we'd done a half decent job, even a draw and a and a win, four points would already been home and dry in that group. So yeah, listen, I don't think we can look too much on the game itself, but I, I'm hoping that. The players go out and um, maybe ever they sort of sneak a surprise. I think it would be a bit of a surprise win, to be honest. But we can certainly do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, we hadn't beaten a Spanish side at Ibrox since nineteen eighty-five up until we played Real Betis. So there's no, you know, that th- we can do it. Um, and I think 
although people wouldn't uh, say this, you know, we're, we're all staunch. We're going to win every game. Every game's massive. Um, I think Andy's right there, Alan, when he says the one that we're really focused on, you know, deep down is the cup final. We we have to win that one. Aye, I mean, I yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously winning the one on Thursday would be great because it would put us to the last 16 more money and so on. But, you know, as somebody who's probably seen Rangers winning the League Cup, 20, about 20 odd finals or whatever. Mm. David, that's our trophy. And we've, we've got to win this one. We've got to get back to the situation where even in the bad old days when it wasn't going well for Wallace or Greg, we turned up at finals and we won. And teams used to really panic. Shit, it's Rangers at Hamden. We've got to get back and get that psychological thing too. I think close this one out, get the shiny thing. It would give us such a great boost as well. And I think it's just that other wee step forward in terms of how we do. Nope, we've won the league now. We got to the European final, Scottish Cup. To me, in terms of our kind of getting back up there again, David, I, th- I think it's a massive one. And I know you guys will mind with the, when Sunas came and getting that league cup oh, and so on. But, but it's just that same kind of feeling, you know. To me, this and because we failed a few times recently, this is a this is a biggie. I love to do it on Thursday. But no, as I say, if I had the choice out of the two of them, it's going to have to be this League Cup final, eh? Yeah, well, unfortunately, football doesn't work like that. <laughs> I know. Um, Could we have both, be, please? Yeah, yeah the, game, the games will come down to what we do on the individual nights. And at least Aberdeen are playing the same night uh, as well, rather than having a week off, which would have been a yeah. huge advantage for them. So the, the, there is that. But uh, yeah, we, we look forward to both those games. Cammy will be long later in the week on Heart and Hand Extra, folks, where he will look back at the Aris game and look ahead to the Cup Final. We'll be back here next Monday with a review of the Cup Final, and hopefully it's a celebratory one. Before I go today, can I just point you in a direction? If you're struggling for Christmas presents, a great last-minute one would be tickets to see our live show at the Leicester Square Theatre in London with Paul Gascoigne that takes place on March the 21st. If you visit the Leicester Square Theatre, website just type that into google or visit leicestersquaretheatre.com and go to their what's on section you can purchase tickets for you for a loved one bring them to come and see paul gascoigne and the lads in a a beautiful theater actually in the west end of london so there you go there's a wee present late last minute easy present you don't need to do you don't need to go outside you just buy them and you can send them the email and show them the tickets. So there you go. Uh, right, uh, my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and my thanks to my two guests today. First of all, Alan Bradley. Thanks, David. Uh, really enjoyed it. Yep. And Andy, I hope everything's going fine over there as well. You and the family, Paul, yeah? Ah, and, of you. course, to Andy. Ah, yes, thank you. Thanks for the kind words, Alan. Thanks for having me on the show, David, and I uh, hope you boys have a fantastic week. Yeah, I hope every Angels fan, when we come back here next Monday, is in a very good mood. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll be back next Monday. Until then, take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Podcast Network.